faded meetings, doomed relationships, and more queer coding than you can handle. We had Casey watch Nana, and we're here to answer the question, was it a kawaii disappointment? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment, your weekly journey through the worlds of anime. With you, as always, is me, your host, producer, Weep of All Trades, and super nice realtor willing to install locks for you, PJ. And it's me, a Sid Vicious knockoff soft boy, Skylar. And with us, as always, is our brand new visitor to Tokyo, determined to show he can be independent, Casey. And I'm just a sad British family dog who doesn't get to go to Neverland and rub jeans with Rufio, <laughs> Casey. Nana! Well, if that and the episode title didn't give it away, this week we are watching Nana as we continue through Music Month. Music Month. Music Month. Ooh. Oh, gosh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Casey, tell me based on that name, obviously you already have some connection to it, but based on the name alone, what did you think this anime was going to be about? I did, uh, obviously based on the intro, you'd think I was going to go with like, maybe it's a side story for Nana the dog from Peter Pan, but I thought, hmm. I don't know how we can make that super musical. So <laughs> I went another direction. I thought maybe it's going to be about a girl who found her recently deceased grandma's diary and is reading her life story because she wants to feel closer to her because she maybe she didn't feel closer during like life. Um, and like the diary probably makes her like take trips or take up new hobbies, like some sort of eat, pray, love moment. It's basically like her li- after she reads this diary, like it becomes Queen Latifah's life after she gets cancer in Last Holiday. PJ loves that movie. I love Last Everyone Holiday. Everyone loves Last com- Holiday. Well, it's my comfort movie. Movie. like i imagine for a lot of people because like if i'm just feeling down or sad and i just need like a pick-me-up i watch last holiday yeah that movie really does take you to like a nice positive place i totally like yeah it, it works on everybody if i'm feeling down and sad i just watch my girl so i could cry it out and then feel better see Same. i'm not a like i'm sad so i need to cry it out person i'm a i'm sad so i need to be happy person Mm. see it depends on my level of sad like if i'm if i'm like already there like i need to go further into the crevasse with skylar and i'll be like bring over some wine and i'll cry with her for my girl (laughs) that's true i've seen that have scheduled uh cry wine nights so i recommend it keeps you regulated if you can drink i recommend it like legally i recommend it yes yes well, Casey, once you saw the poster, did your thoughts change? Yeah, um, the poster is scary. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, the poster looks really scary to me. It looks like a horror movie. <laughs> like, I was thinking, like, someone definitely died, like, here. So, really? I mean, maybe. Well, so, real quick, it's so interesting because when I saw the poster for the first time, I thought perfume ad. Did you really? I thought and this is like, because um, you know what it looks like to me? I know exactly, now that I'm thinking about it more, I know exactly why I think that. Have you seen the uh, poster for Silence of the Lambs? Yeah. It looks yeah. very similar, just doesn't have the butterfly moth or whatever. Oh, it looks very similar, except it has, it doesn't have one of the two things that are notable about the other poster. So not at all similar, but very similar. <laughs> well, it has it that like Jody face. Foster or the moth. Well, it's like the pale, like dead looking face there. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it just, yeah, I don't know. It, that made me think it's like a horror movie but i was thinking like maybe you know i don't know maybe it's gonna have a positive twist even though someone definitely died in this movie maybe or like anime like maybe it's a female musical version of the movie ghost with patrick swayze and Whoopi goldberg Ooh. i'm pretty sure there is a ghost musical like that has to be a thing right it's just a righteous brothers like i was gonna say the whole thing is just unchained melody on repeat <laughs> Ugh, down down <laughs> The Righteous Brothers finally give the rights to all their music. What if we did Unchained Melody, but like in different genres throughout the play? Like we have a funk one, we have a country one, we have a metal one. Okay, sorry. This bit's over. (laughs) 
<laughs> no one made you in that. I got insecure. <laughs> She's insecure. <laughs> She's insecure. This is a very simple, quick poster. There's only two characters on it. So, Casey, why don't you tell me about these two characters? Let's kick it off with that smiling character on the left. Clearly, based on my prediction, she's the one that died. (laughs) (laughs) She's dead. Dead as hell. Uh, I think the girl in red, she died. And, like, it's basically the plot of Ghost. Like, she's trying to come back to, like, avenge, like, her death because that girl in the purple killed her. Because guess what? She's wearing purple. She's the killer. Um, I thought that was blue, not purple. I was purple. like, I'm pretty positive that's blue. I'm. That looks like indigo. Like, it's on the yeah, border. Yeah, you know line. what? I'll give you indigo for sure, which is, yeah. In the trial of color v. Casey, Casey wins. <laughs> it's an indigo for you, right? <laughs> so rules the honorable anime judge PJ. Yay. Uh, I would say as a someone that took color theory, indigo oh. is straight up blue. Violet is purple, Casey. I'm sorry. Uh, Bailiff, can you please escort this person out of here? I'm going to um. hold her in contempt of court. Casey, your motion stands. Thank you. No, look it up. <laughs> Where is the bailiff? Bailiff, take her away. <laughs> Look it up. This is a mistrial because of me, but you're wrong. <laughs> bring bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs> to be fair, uh, addendum to my verdict, I'm pretty sure Casey and I are incorrectly both thinking of the same color with the wrong name. Probably. Are you thinking of Violet? Not Violet, but I think we're both thinking of the same color, just thinking of the wrong name for it. The point is, guys, this is Ghost the Musical, and I hope Whoopi, Mike, Whoopi Goldberg is in this as Oda Mae Brown. So you think that this character is the killer? Yes, this is where She's we're She's got to be the killer. We've talked about the tropes on this podcast. Purple, as I see it. Um, killer. <laughs> Purple killer. The smiling girl to the left has to be the one that was killed. It has to be. Wow, you're really trying to force this by literally changing the color from blue to purple. Uh, I'm sorry. I thought the bailiff escorted you out of here. <laughs> um, How did you make it back in here? <laughs> oh, wow. She's been arrested. <laughs> Take her. Police are coming down the steps right now. So, I mean, it's just those two characters. We know what you think the plot is. It's a musical murder mystery remake of Ghost, wherein the smiling character is murdered by uh, the more brooding character. We'll see how accurate that is after we watch episodes one and two of Nana. We invite you, our listeners, to watch them as well. I will make it a quick addendum here. I usually don't tell you where to watch the anime because there's so many places. Nana is not legally available anywhere in America, so figure uh, out a place to watch it. Not as legally. I will say YouTube. Hopefully you watch them there, and we'll be right back with episodes one and two of Nana, so stay tuned. I can't wait to see Whippy Goldberg show up and say, Nana, you're in danger, girl. (laughs) (laughs) See you soon. All right, so we had Casey watch episodes one and two of Nana. Casey, after all of that, tell me what you think. Are these lesbians or are these not lesbians? That's okay. Glad you brought that up. So we, I want to get more into this as we get into the body of the episode. Body, yaddy, yaddy. The entire time that we were watching this, I was just yelling at Skylar and I was like, these are lesbians. These are lesbians. These are lesbians. They are queer coded to like bursting and if they're mm-hmm. not lesbians it's because somebody told the writer they weren't allowed to make them lesbian the that's the only Carl. answer shout out to our fellow podcast they're not cousins watch this anime shout out to they're not cousins <laughs> but like realistically like i'm gonna i'm gonna break it to you here before we get in they're not lesbians are you and serious that's bs <laughs> 
But again, in my heart, I I truly, truly think, like, based on the way they're written, I think there's some intention there. I think that some editor or somebody told her they couldn't be. And then she was like, well, screw you. They still will be. But obviously, I can't make them lesbians. Which is, like, basically uh, history. Rewriting all, like, lesbian couples as, oh, they were best friends and roommates. We'll get to this in the body because we do have some housekeeping to do before we start yelling. So Nana began as a manga by Ai Yazawa, and it ran in Cookie Magazine. Separately, in America, it ran in Shoujo Beat. Which I read. Which, that's where Skylar read it, back in the olden days. And it ran from July 2000 to June 2009, with a total of 21 volumes. Before it became an anime, there was actually two live-action films, Nana and Nana 2, that released in 2005 and 2006. In April of 2006... The anime series, directed by Morio Asaka and done by Studio Madhouse, began airing on Nippon TV. It ran until March 2007 and spanned 47 episodes. There have been various Nana tribute albums, most notably Love for Nana, Only One Tribute, which included music by Hote, Duas Infinity, Glenn Matlock of the Sex Pistols, and the one that made me most excited, Sky Sweetenham. Oh my gosh, Sky Sweetenham, what a time. Get tangled up in me. Hell yeah. But yes, you know, Nana has a very large cultural reach, obviously, because of like that wide range of musicians. A PS2 video game also exists based on Nana, along with a PSP and Nintendo DS game. Wow. A, Nint- a Nintendo DS game? Yeah. What wow. an interesting game from the Nintendo DS. It's probably just visual novel, right? Like it's probably kind of just running you through the storyline in a way. Yeah, that I makes bet. sense. I couldn't I... find much information on them, unfortunately. Oh, PJ, I got you here i'm gonna pitch you guys right now what i think this video game is it's gonna be like these two lesbians okay i know they said they're not but i mean come on like (laughs) these two lesbians who are doing that Kristen stewart like awkward glare at each other like across them they keep like pushing their hair back and you just have to like build as much tension as you can without officially showing affection yes completely she was a bad girlfriend in that movie by the way not Kristen stewart but the other girl she was a bad girlfriend i was so mad that Kristen stewart ended up with like oh yeah, I agree, Skylar. Yeah, Kristen Stewart deserves better. I love Aubrey Plaza. That's all I have to say about that. With all of that, let's run down episode one and two very quickly. In episode one, we meet Nana Komatsu, a nice girl heading to Japan to meet her friends and boyfriend. Along the way, she has a faded run-in with Nana Usuki, and the two hit it off. They go their separate ways after a long train ride as Nana Komatsu goes to stay with her uninterested boyfriend who wants her to be independent. Nana goes to find a place to live on her own and once again runs into Nana Usuki, who is looking at the same apartment and they end up agreeing to become roommates to split the rent. Episode 2 serves as a flashback for Nana Komatsu, who we see go from one toxic relationship to the next, culminating in her affair with a married man, which has scarred her for life. As she moves to a co-ed art school, she meets her soon-to-be boyfriend Shoji, but commits to staying just friends with him. And that's episode 1 and 2 of Nana. When talking about them, I would call one Nana Rocker Nana and the other one Prep Nana. Which we can totally stick to from here on out. Yes, let's do that. It'd be too much energy to keep uh, remembering their last names. I will say before we jump in, uh, Casey, this is your first Josai, right? That's what it is, Skylar? Yes, which is um, the more mature adult female story. So just like how when we, uh, last month when we had you watch Lupin the Third, we told you that that was a seinen, which is like the evolution of a shonen, a josai is the evolution of a shoujo. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. Which obviously you can tell because this has a lot of very adult themes in it. Yeah. But somehow not lesbianism, which is but not I a mean, word, so- I don't think. 
Lesbian's not an adult exclusive thing. But I That's feel like, true. don't you feel like if it was a more adult format, like you think they would explore it more? No. So this is a big no. conversation mm. that we need to have. Like, I think this is honestly, unfortunately, if you were here to listen to us talk about Nana, I think you are out of luck. Because I think we're just going to be on a huge conversation about the underrepresentation of female sexuality in Japanese media. No, I will pull it back. Don't worry. I'll pull it back. But we'll also talk about the anime. We will also talk about the anime, but I think our our beat is going to be here. Because, okay, so Skylar will have more to add about specifically, like, lesbian representation here. But in general, I think a big thing to kind of discuss with Japanese culture. So in general, obviously, there's not a ton of acceptance for gay culture. It's not super there. Like LGBTQ culture is gaining, you know, independence and exposure, but it's definitely slower than it has been in America. But it exists and has existed in many forms for a long time uh, in terms of in media. Right. But you still have a lot of barriers to that. And I think the biggest barrier to that comes with women, because while it is kind of socially acceptable that men might be gay, it's a lot less socially acceptable for women to be lesbians. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. This is true. And um, again, it's all about the patriarchy. Like literally they um, I was reading a bunch of articles on it and they were saying that it's just socially more acceptable for a man to be gay. And that's it. Just like they wash their hands of it. And again, kind of like what you touched on, like women aren't really allowed to show sexual desire in media. And we talked about it um, a couple episodes ago. Where, like, anytime a woman, like, expresses uh, sexual desires in public and stuff, uh, she's shamed. And She's not only shamed, she's arrested. They have public decency laws. And yeah. almost exclusively women are targeted for them for just expressing the same level of sexuality that their male peers do. Yeah. Right. That was like the story I told you. I believe it was on. I can't remember which. But we were. T- I was telling you guys how like I had gone into a sex shop with my friend in Japan, and when I went, went to the third floor, they said, "No, you can't go up there. You need to stand outside." And then I got right. to go up to like the rest of the three or four floors. My friend had to go outside. And that's when I will gender ban when we go to. <laughs> that's when you become scooter. <laughs> we go to Japan. But I think that's where you do have like very mainstream, and obviously. We've kind of had discussions about this, but like there's a lot of representation of gayness in anime and Japanese culture, right? You have Yaoi and it's so and big. And I. Yeah, Yaoi and Shonen I, but I also kind of feel like Yaoi and Shonen I is almost more performative than anything. Like, I don't mean like it's not it's gay for the sake of quote unquote like exposure, but I feel like Yaoi and Shonen I don't usually like actually realize gay relationships and gay stories they're kind of just there to be like isn't it hot that these two boys are kissing whereas it's rarer to have real true gay stories similar to say like a yuri on ice which is just a story that includes gay characters you know that's Mm -hmm. rarer than a yaoi and i think that's where whereas yaoi exists you do have yuri ironically which (laughs) is the female version of yaoi less popular way more rare which means that if yaoi is common and true gay love stories are rare. Yuri is rare, and true lesbian love stories are near non-existent. You know what's interesting, also, like comparing, like I guess I was like thinking about this, like comparing like the American like LGBT like culture and like first I guess the Japanese LGBT culture, and it's kind of like it feels like the oppression from America is kind of based in our like original like religious beliefs of kind of like 
kind of determined a lot, like informed a lot of our laws. Whereas like Japan, it's different right. though, because it's not religion based. It's more like, it's like a decency patriarchy based thing. Like it's, 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 it's separate. It's, it's not like a society thing. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how the, those difference with, there's a lot of repression, sexual repression in like typical Japanese society. Right. And that comes through in the fact that men get really repressed and become like a lot of the, you know there's a lot of perversion we as we've discussed before but mm-hmm. then because of that there i mean this isn't a trait common uh exclusive to japan a lot of men in society don't believe that women can be sexual creatures they don't believe that women want sex or think about sex they think like well men want sex and women give it to them because they have to or whatever quote unquote which is just wrong women are just as sexual as men they want sex just as much like obviously if you're not asexual if you are someone that thinks about sex but to to there's this big idea within a lot of men's minds that women just don't think about sex like that which is just inaccurate it's also crazy too because if you just think about like I, I, I know like the sex ed classes I took in school um, and like it, for, like it was always made to seem like women can only like enjoy sex when a man is involved and there have to be it has to be like a penetration thing. Um, but like in reality, like sexuality is a lot more fluid and like penetration, I guess from like, I wouldn't know because I haven't had sex with women, but from what I've heard <laughs> is like it's that isn't really like the closer you know like it's there's other stuff involved other well, tricks. Some, it can, some women, be. It it can be i mean it's different from woman to woman but there's i mean a large percentage of women do not orgasm from penetrative sex all vaginas are different like there's you know where uh certain spots are etc and statistically women tend to not you know come from what you were saying like vaginal penetration but like usually when you're with the partner they could help find those spots and everything um a lot of times though it is like clitoris based but some people are lucky where like the penis fits directly at that g-spot <laughs> uh, the, the, the whole point of me bringing that up is just like it's the fact that like our our society is based to like make women believe like you can't have enjoyable sex without a man it has to be a man involved it's like the patriarchy is trying to like teach women how to enjoy sex and you know kind of put a barrier on it that way you know 100 percent. but like on the flip side you have just all the jokes about like men not being able to ever find the clitoris and um a woman who's stuck with a man is never gonna have like a huge sexual satisfaction um another thing that's shown is like men are just kind of there for their own sexual satisfaction and it's kind of just like allowed and it's what's to be expected and that's just really unfair and I feel like there is like more of a revolution towards um, female sexuality in our country at least and a lot of women these days are demanding more they're like you are gonna give me head if I'm gonna give you head like it needs to be an equal partnership sex first for everybody and sexuality should be expressed by everybody especially uh in this anime where they can't even like commit to this lesbian relationship because what's the deal with that i mean i feel like we just spent 20 minutes explaining the deal with that i know i'm just saying i'm just mad <laughs> i don't mean like what is i mean like jamie like come on <laughs> but I, I i honestly do think though like given those restraints i truly truly think i yazawa set out and i mean this is just my head canon. she could totally not have intended this but it feels like she told a lesbian story 
within the confines of Japanese cultural society, you know? Yeah. Mm, that's and a good point. honestly, so if you read or watch all the anime slash manga, you'll see that um, they become very intimate. Like when their heterosexual relationships start to fall apart, they find like comfort in each other. And uh, there's like pecs like they will kiss each other not like as like a, a lesbian way but as a friendship way you know like when you peck someone on the cheek but they do it on the lips and there's a lot of like hand holding and then just like the way they hold hands and touch each other and it's very sensual and it's very romantic yeah to me it seems like again she knew she couldn't tell a lesbian story whether it was her editor or whoever and she still kind of told it as close as she could which yeah, I respect it, like right it's there's a lot of movies like that in American culture granted you kind of have to go further back because people started telling gay and lesbian stories a lot earlier in american culture like obviously still very late but like you could you know you can look at old movies where it's like wow that character's so queer coded and you see like how much of old hollywood was gay but like they just couldn't tell their story so they just kind of like faked it you know right and i feel like this is kind of and it, it starts a revolution right because you start getting those characters that people are able to attach to and be like wow i do think that that character is kind of gay or kind of lesbian and then people start being like well i'm gonna actually tell that story and it starts a revolution and i feel like nana kind of is that revolution in a way yeah yeah i could see that on, on like kind of on that note the like i could tell this was uh, and if i'm wrong like, I can tell, like, there is someone who does understand, like, lesbian, I'd say, like, lesbian And I guess, real quick, let me pause real quick. I do want to clarify, I feel like maybe a problematic, at least bisexual, I, I don't want to dismiss the fact that they oh, are sure. in relationships with men, and there are people that are in relationships with both. I mean, Skylar and I are both pansexual. I, I feel like we should clarify, while we mean their love story is lesbian, these characters at the at a minimum we believe to be bisexual yeah some somewhere in the queer you know alphabet gang um yes. <laughs> as i recently found out that the, L- the L- lgbt community has now been called the alphabet gang yes that's true very exciting <laughs> about that uh, <laughs> um, um i do i would like to say that a lot of their relationships with men tend to fail there you get your um your undertones yeah mm. Before I jump into that, Casey, you did have a point you were you were gonna make. <laughs> oh yeah, I was just gonna say like, and this is just my experience with watching like when a woman, especially someone who is like uh, a queer woman or understands queer women, like I guess stories, right, creates a story. Um, I guess about the how the way the characters look and are created, I can tell the difference between that and like a queer story that's written by like maybe a straight guy. There's a very clear difference for me. Like this one, I really felt like, oh, this is definitely either a queer woman or a woman who just understands queer, like, like female queer relationships. Mm -hmm. Because like in my tradition, like we like there's a more recent movie that came out. If you've seen it on it's on Hulu, it's called The Happiest Season with Kristen Stewart. And like it's kind of similar vibes because like Kristen Stewart is kind of like this rocker Nana. And the or what do we call it? yeah <laughs> and then like yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the yeah and then the other girl is like um what do we call her we call her uh, prep. Prep, prep Nana, Nana. yeah prep it's Nana. Say, say, and though that is like very like if a queer woman is writing that is so how like it's seen or like the fantasy has been portrayed as by queer women or women directed created stuff you know it's different like whereas a man if like a man was doing it it would be so much more extreme it'd be like. They would make the a very masculine, unattractive, what like they would go to some sort of extreme 
like with it, you know, and it would be, it would be stereo. It would come across as some sort of stereotype. Whereas this one yeah. does feel like this is a, these are women who have like, they are, have a ba- balance of masculinity and femininity or in terms of like, um, well, uh, characteristics. I feel like both of them are very femme. I think like, I get it, right? That's like the, the thing, right? There's a balance where yeah. as the cliche story would have had rocker Nana just be super butch and right. prep Nana be super femme. They both have a lot of characteristics and right. Like rocker Nana has like what quote unquote, I think in another story would be written super butch, but she's also like this fashionista and like, yeah. you know, like loves her makeup and like, you know, tr- cares about how she looks. And I feel like a, I agree with Casey, a story written by someone that really didn't understand queer culture would have just been like, yeah, butch, you know? Right. It would have gone to extremes and not trying to find like how the queer people like are on, like there's like a spectrum of sorts. Right. Kind of bringing it back to like American media, because I was thinking about this a little bit earlier. It's just like, even here, gay men are always kind of treated like a punchline and stuff. But like, again, they're so much more acceptable. Like any gay man on the show Friends was just like, haha, it's a punchline, blah, blah, blah. But Carol and her wife were treated so mean because Carol left Ross uh, for a woman. And he's like, my lesbian ex-wives. Like, they are a joke, but they're so mean about it. Well, it's so tricky because American society, or I guess more so toxic patriarchal society, has a very complicated relationship with lesbianism lesbianism versus gayness, right? Whereas gayness is generally seen as taboo and unacceptable, lesbianism is acceptable in an aesthetic. Guys love seeing two women kiss. Two women in a relationship, no dice. They love the idea of two women being together for their enjoyment not so much when it's not for their enjoyment whereas gayness is never for their enjoyment obviously some of them most of them down sus hard but neither here nor there but you know it is very much like gayness has to kind of be accepted slowly over time because it is always out of the norm quote-unquote it's always quote-unquote taboo but women kind of have a trickier relationship and i honestly think a a harder barrier sometimes because it's aesthetically acceptable if it's for the male gaze the second it's not for the male gaze it's twice as reprehensible because no man is getting pleasure from this in a patriarchal society right right absolutely completely agree pj kind of that thing that i used to experience is just like men who say they're bisexual are too afraid to come out of the closet and women and women who say they're bisexual are just doing it for attention and that's like that pick me vibe and it sucks absolutely yeah, right and it's it's terrible that that's a mentality that people have obviously as Skylar and I, again, as, you know, very open pansexual people do get comments like that still sometimes, you know? Oh, yeah. Especially, especially being in a heterosexual relationship, yeah. not lot married, long-term relationship. People are like, well, I mean, you're straight. And it's like, well, no, we're yeah. not. I mean, shared trauma story. We had an ex-roommate who was a gay man and he said a, like, a really, like, a really, like, kind of homophobic joke about like how all gay men kind of sleep together and we're like that's not true and he's like oh you wouldn't know you're you're straight and we're like no we're pansexual and he's like no that doesn't count and we're like great (laughs) awesome thanks is this how i find out it was me (laughs) 
<laughs> also, though, that's not a gay thing. That's a that person's thing. And that's a hurtful stereotype. Yeah, they're, they were very promiscuous, which is totally fine. But they just assumed, well, you know, me, a gay man, like all gay men sleep with everyone they meet. And I was like, no, like, it's fine that you do that. But you can't lump everyone into that, that stereotype. But to kind of bring that back into the anime, let's kind of talk about the toxicness of Nana's relationships with men. Prep Nana? Yes. So Nana has, let's get it out of the way. She's slut shamed a lot, first of mm-hmm. all. But Mm -hmm. she also kind of has a very toxic relationship with most men. She is someone that doesn't feel like she has an identity or a lot of worth. So she seeks that validation out through sexual relationships. And it tends to be older men. Be older men. And it tends to be people that take advantage and manipulate her. Mm. It's really know? sad. And it's, it's, I mean, that's a thing that happens to people, right? And like, oh, yeah. it, it happens mm-hmm. to men and women. There's no exclusivity there. Toxic relationships. And, you know, toxic sexual identity can come from anyone. And especially when you're younger, trying, to, especially if you had maybe a bad, like, it doesn't have to come from anywhere in particular, but some people do try to find that validation in a partner. And especially finding validation in oneself by being like, well, at the very least, I can offer sex. I can offer, you know, myself my worth to a person and maybe then I'll have worth because they find use of me and that's never the healthiest approach right like you are worthy of more than that you deserve more than that and I hope that you find someone that makes you realize and feel that and then on the flip side like if you are someone that does like to express yourself through sex that is also a completely fine thing as well 100% healthy sexual relationships are okay promiscuity is okay like don't slut shame people people are allowed to enjoy what they enjoy they're allowed to be with multiple people as long as everyone's a consenting adult yeah you know there was like a moment when you and i were watching the episodes and i was just like nana a married man like no like i was so disappointed but then like literally seconds later i was like well she's technically a child like and like, she's the victim there, you know? Yeah. I was like, she is a child. She's right. being she's being manipulated by this man. Very right. clearly. This is like, true. And it's clearly left her with a lot of trauma that she yes, deals so with much. throughout like episode two. Like she literally has like a full mental breakdown the second something triggers her to remember him. Oh uh, yeah. That's Ugh. so true. She uh she'd been through a lot, you could tell. I knew I knew she was gonna be going through a lot when we were, she had gotten off the train and she like ran into her boyfriend like crying or whatever. And I was like, ooh, she's, she's got some stuff going on. Well, and also, like, he was so indifferent. And I was like, yeah. oh, no. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a lot to unpack. This being a more mature story, right, gives us a lot of mature topics to discuss. But I mean, yeah, like, going through the episode, it's very it's very interesting. I, the relationship between the Nanas is very interesting. Because it does feel very, everything feels super faded. You know, like, it's very, like... How were they on the same train at the same time? These two people with the same names with similar stuff going on because, you know, uh, Rocker Nana also kind of has like weird boyfriend stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the fact that she like the train halted and she fell on her and then the train was going slow. So they spent all that time together and they ended up at the same apartment. And like, you know, there's a lot bringing these two characters together, which yeah. I always kind of love stories like that. Yeah. I love love stories like that. And that's why I'm, I think every time I'm just like a little more frustrated, I'm like, what do you mean they're not getting together? Like what? Like even the grandpa dude or whatever, <laughs> the old man like was like, y'all should move in together. I was like, yeah. And fall in love. You should fall in love together. You know what? I, I was when you were giving the background of like uh, the housekeeping earlier and you were talking about the time period, I was like, I bet if it was like 
just maybe 10 years later or something, you know, like a little more modern. Maybe we could have seen that, you know? I do have to say, like, I am a little disappointed that Casey didn't really get to see um, more of Rocker Nana's, like, backstory. Just a little bit of backstory on Rocker Nana, Casey, is that um, she has a boyfriend that she lives with him for, like, a while. And then he leaves to go be part of this upcoming really popular band called Trap Nest. And she doesn't go with him because she doesn't want to be just some groupie. She has her own aspirations and she wants to do her own band thing and create her own music, which I love. I love that, like, I mean, like, it hurts her love life, but, like, she's still about her in the end. You know Uh, what I mean? Like, I love that. She is independent and she wants to make it on her own and she loves what she does. And her band is called the Black Stones or uh, they're referred to as Blast a lot. You You know who she looks like? She looks like Joan Jett. So now that you say that yeah. her, her, her like, what was her band's name? Blackstones. Uh, the Blackstones. Blackstones. I was like. Or Blast. I'm like, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Uh, Nina uh, and the yeah. Blackstones. Like, it's like, yeah. I don't know. Nina. <laughs> or whatever, Nana. Nana. <laughs> Nina's the German 99 Luft Balloons girl. <laughs> Nina Panita. Nina Santa Maria. Gosh. Uh, no, I love that though, right? Like, I love that it's kind of because they're very opposite in that way, where while Rocker Nana had to kind of give up a relationship she cared about to work, to focus and pursue her own dreams, Nana, Prep Nana kind of keeps running from relationship to relationship because she doesn't know what she wants out of her own life. Right. It's very mm-hmm. counteractive. And obviously, they probably, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just doing that thing where I just, say how stories work and i'm like and obviously they'll probably just you know learn a lot from each other and (laughs) grow from that (laughs) yeah i would say like prep nana has a lot of beautiful growth like one of the characters she's just like oh like i want to wait for him but i don't want to seem too needy and a different character is just like just talk to them like don't worry about seeming too needy just let them know how you're feeling and she's like you're right and it's just like growth because like a lot of like women do do stuff like that so like well even just like in episode two like she's just so worried about upsetting her boyfriend you know right and it's so well more episode one because in episode two they're still courting but in episode one like you know she keeps trying to do these things to like impress him and make him happy the little and there's yeah, and there's even the point where Rocker Nana's like, uh, why are you, like, fighting? Like, I thought you guys were, like, super in love. And she's like, yeah, but, like, I don't want to upset him. And that's why I have to move out. And I was like, hmm. Yeah, that's not a good sign. Cringe. Cringe. You see a little bit more of the emotional stuff based off, like, her reacting to her trauma with the married man. But, like, it gets so heavy and it addresses so many different things. Like, one character gets an abortion at one point. Like, that's how, like, adult-themed it goes. Oh, my gosh. And that's not just an adult theme, by the way. Like, plenty of teenagers get abortions and it's completely fine. But general blanket of adult theme as in it's not typically covered in younger fiction or younger stories. Mm. Mm-hmm. even I though it happens to everyone i thought for some reason this was gonna go with like you heard it here teenagers teenagers can get abortions too <laughs> like some sort of weird I mean, twist they like can oh, they get can abortions too. they can but i thought it was gonna be like it's not just for PSA. teenagers anymore <laughs> yeah 
I guess that was there was a cadence I was expecting for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> the more God, you know. What a weird place to put that. <laughs> I know, right? I don't know. It just came to me. Oh, I was like, this, a little infomercial for abortions for teenagers. Interestingly, similar to a few animes that we will cover throughout this month, kind of to bring it back to the anime a little bit, all of the VOs that like are in it, like that do, that are musicians, like actually sing their songs. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. when we eventually start talking about more of the music in the anime, it's all done by like, well, this is a song by the Blackstones, like Skylar said, or like this is a song by Trap Nest, like the the band that Skylar said earlier. You know, so it's it's very interesting. The music in this anime in general is very interesting. And I wish we would have gotten to see a little bit more of it in episode one and two, but hopefully the context gives it some more of that. Right. Because, like, this is generally, like, accepted as, like, one of the better music animes out there. And I was, like, very surprised at how little you get of it in episode one and two. But obviously, it's very well respected for its music. Especially, again, going back to the context, like, the music is such a big part of it that there's a tribute album, like, with musicians from around the world. Right. Wow. Yeah, that is true. But I mean, I feel like we've I feel like we've kind of dug in more than enough. This is a very heavy topic episode, but I think it deserved it. Let's talk about the music, though. We are in music month and this is a music anime. Uh, so let's talk about the opening song, which is Rose by the Blackstones, which is Rocker Nana's band. Casey, tell me what you thought of that opening. Oh, I loved the intro. I love the intro. It sounds like late 90s <laughs> girl group rock music. Uh, yeah, I, I loved it. It's. It's a very familiar, specific sound. And when we get into, like, the artist the I have in mind, like, well, I mean, oh, yeah, the chorus is fantastic. But I just mean, like, when we get into the art, like, I have the perfect artist for this one. I'm so happy about it. I'm excited. I'll let you go first for it when we get there. Uh, I agree, though. It's so good. I mean, not to, like, jump ahead, but, like, I think both songs are very much a product of that, again, mid-2000s era. Just very di- slightly different genres. And... They mm-hmm. both like I it it's so this I think more than almost any anime the second the song started I was like I know exactly who would sing this <laughs> yeah, yeah no he but audibly it, said that yeah it's so good though I I highly enjoyed this intro it's so good I yeah would listen to it again and again oh, God I love it I love it so much and um if you're on anime side of TikTok you will hear this song a lot uh TikTok has a lot of love for Nana especially this song let's jump into that closing song then the song is a little pain by trap nest which is another band from the anime Casey why don't you tell me what you think about that? um is a moody jam that like like you said like it's a different vibe than the first one but same like era of like yeah, the rough products point. of their time yeah like so good i love it it just it reminds me of so many different things and I, oh god i just it's beautiful I love yeah it. no it's it's so good again i agree it's that moody vibe it's like you put this cd in your walkman as like it's raining and it's like in the same playlist as like you know that hillary duff like let the rain fall down song you know what i would definitely put this on my cw prom playlist yeah for sure skylar's got a lot of playlists well <laughs> you should check them out <laughs> I would do this for a rainy playlist too, PJ. That's what I was thinking too. Like, yeah, it's like I, a rainy day playlist with when you're like a emo, like a not emo, but like a sad, sad boy teenager. Yeah, and like you're like feel you're in your feelings, and you know the mid two thousands. This is it. This is the jam. 
Do you remember the SNL sketch where <laughs> I've been referencing SNL a lot? Uh, do you yeah. remember the SNL sketch where um, they did have that uh, infomercial where you can buy a, a well for your like emo child, emo boy? Yes. And oh my stared, God. Yes. that is the playlist I would give to my emo boy child as he stared down his well. I love it. I mean, this song is literally called A Little Pain. Like, it is so that you know so good you know like when songs are really like kind of start slow and mellow uh it's usually like just so up in the air of whether or not casey's gonna like it fair and so i just wasn't sure but i was like as long as he listens to the chorus he's gonna fucking love it like because as soon as oh beautiful so i mean clearly we've all got a lot of thoughts i feel like all of our reviews were i know who i'm gonna pick so let's jump into that then uh, with uh, my second favorite podcast segment, which contemporary or modern artists do you think would have done a good job with these anime intros or outros? So let's jump it off with Rose by the Blackstones. Casey, what do you think would have done that intro? Uh, there was no other choice for me but Letters to Cleo. Um, they had, for, oh. like, I was like, every 90s, late 90s uh, movie had them as like the girl group that's like the rocker girl group that's playing in the background. Yeah. Also, you may know them as uh, the people who did the soundtrack to Josie and the Pussy cats um mm-hmm. you know i know you i uh, i want you to want me from 10 things i hate about you so many good like ones they were the only one yeah, for me they actually have a lot of songs on the 10 things i hate about you album mm-hmm. so good so good All, uh, so, good. Like, so, so good so good <laughs> they're the fan that <laughs> julia styles character is like obsessed with the in 10 things i hate about you mm-hmm. yeah Taylor, uh who would you pick I went with a classic, Joan Jett. Ah. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, I think that that works. Even Casey said earlier, like, yeah. it's very Joan Jett vibes. Yeah. I was listening to, like, Crimson and Clover. I was like, oh, shit, that voice, like, perfect right there. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I went with a safer choice, for to be sure, but uh, I still felt like it would be good. I went with Paramore. Mm. I okay yeah I knew it but I kept leaning towards the ending song more of Paramore because they have like the higher range whereas like I felt this song was a little bit more gruff had a little bit more like uh grit to the voice yeah I can see that I love Paramore yeah no so good Haley Williams the best she's great on TikTok is she? I'll have to give her yeah. a chance. Oh, love her. She's such a sweet baby angel. I so love her sweet. on TikTok. I uh, love her. Let's jump into that outro then. So the outro is a little pain by Trap Nest. Skylar, who do you think would have done a good job with it? I chose Tori Amos. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Cornflake girl, Ooh. right? Yes. <laughs> I was like, just to make sure I had the right person. Yeah. Uh, but definitely not the cornflake sound. Definitely like a, a sort of fairy a tale. Cereal. Just kidding. Song. <laughs> <laughs> I it. I, it almost makes it sound like you're like referencing like a meme. Like I know she has a song called Cornflake Girl, but it's always like, you know, it's almost like, oh, like the cat guy, right? <laughs> right. Well, just because like uh, the Cornflake, like that song just sounds a lot different from um, the vibe of what yeah, no, the Tori song Amos is. has definite, definite songs that sound like this for sure. Yeah. Uh, I went with Michelle Branch. Ooh. Yeah, I could definitely see uh, the song being played at, um, was it called? The Bronze and Buffy? Yes, The Bronze and Buffy the Vampire Slayer when Ta- yeah. Willow and Tara just break up. And super Spoilers. Sad. Oh, God. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, hey. there's probably people who have never seen Buffy. 
Well, then I hope this is the push they need to watch. I it. watched all of Buffy for the first time in 2016. You watched all of Buffy or did I you not finish of, the last all of season? Buffy. <laughs> Expose I her, PJ. I didn't want it to end. Skylar, you do do this thing where you like you watch almost all of something and then you don't finish. It, it makes no sense to me. Like Harry Potter. She doesn't want things to end. That's all it is. Is it really that? Because that is kind of adorable. What are you talking about, Harry Potter? I finished all of that. Okay, but do you remember how long it took you to watch the last it one? It was a while where you hadn't seen the last one, Skylar. I wasn't avoiding it. Okay, because you would watch like all of those eight movies. You watched seven out of the like eight movies, and then you didn't watch the last one, and I couldn't believe it. Crazy. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I still have not seen the last uh, season of Schitt's Creek because <gasps> I love it too much, and I'm not ready for it to end. <laughs> No, but I, I, yeah, it's very interesting because if I finish it, then it's like over, which I mean, there's anime, plenty of animes where I'm like, you haven't seen the last season of that or like whatever. So it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Casey. Yes. So I went with Jewel. Um, I was thinking of like (gasps) foolish games. Like, oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Gosh, that's so good. She is the perfect artist for any sort of rainy day outside the window looking. Besides that one Hilary Duff song, Come and Clean. Hillary Duff, yes. you made it into the podcast again today. Hillary Duff coming in hot. She PJ did it this time. A few times. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I, she came up organically this time. So, like, you know, it's I don't know. It's always organic with Hillary Duff because <laughs> okay. she only eats organic. No, it's not, Casey. You insert her way too much. <laughs> Hillary Duff is 100% organic. It's rigged. Oh, my gosh. Well, I love it. I love it. Love all those music choices. But let's take a quick break, watch some additional videos, give Casey some additional context, and uh, we'll be back after that and we'll discuss our final thoughts. So stay tuned, everyone. Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. Pija here, thanking you as always for listening to our podcast. We hope you're enjoying this very introspective and discussionary episode. We try to tie as much back to the anime as possible, but we did get lost in the weeds on the more serious conversations a lot. But I think that's a testament to the anime that it could generate those topics. And let's be honest, if you listened to us because we stayed on topic, you'd have stopped listening a long time ago. But you didn't, so keep listening by following us on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Kawaii On Facebook, you can also find the official Kawaii Disappointment group, where you can interact with us as well as other friends of the podcast, or go to our website, kawaiidesupod.com, for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. Congratulations to Ad Rebel Stagnation, who won last week's Secret Word Giveaway. Stay tuned once a month, where we will try to keep doing those. They won three months of Crunchyroll Premium. You could, too, if you listen into the next month's Secret Word. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes. It really does help. Speaking of leaving reviews on iTunes, based on a suggestion from one of our listeners, La 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 Forever, on iTunes, next week you can tune in as we enroll Casey into the most prestigious Idol Academy and meet all of tomorrow's stars as we have him watch Utano Prince Sama. Now, back to the podcast. All right, we're back. We had Casey watch some additional clips, get some additional context, see some additional musical performances, see some additional nanas, so not really, and maybe see a little bit of romance. There are so many other nanas. 
nanas. <laughs> yeah, there's at least five other nanas. Uh, Casey, after all of that context, what did you think? It was, I mean, I definitely liked, Ro- I mean, Rocker Nana is is great. And the other Nana is good. I mean, I think Rocker Nana is cool, but Prep Nana, I'm like, I feel for her. I'm like, oh, the trauma. Um, <laughs> but like, um, I don't know. It's it's good. I think I just want more in an obvious kind of way. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I'm obviously not going to make you change your opinion. I know. I, like I understand what you're saying, but I, you know, I want you to. I want you to judge the anime based on what it is and not what it literally couldn't be. What? No, I know. I, I because think it's if just... she did that, it would. It would have never been a manga or anime. It would have existed. It would have been like uh, considered smut, and then like you know, like swept under the rug. Right. No, I get so, it. So no. yeah. So we have this like really beautiful emotional quote unquote like finger quotes friendship i mean they freaking like not to s- I mean, spoil something for the context but like they kiss those are friend kisses pj friend kisses <laughs> yeah like we all kiss our friends that way um <laughs> <laughs> um no like i think for me um it, okay hear hear me out so i do understand i like totally understand where you guys are coming from about that my thing is like it's just hard because like I feel like I'm being told like this is supposed to be like all the cues for a beautiful relationship. And I really like the characters, but I feel like just kind of like blue balls, I guess I'm getting from like this from like the fact that it isn't that. But I do understand like it is the most. So it's like a am torn on that end. Like I'm reminded that like, oh, they can't have this story. I don't know. Yeah. Which is honestly, yeah, it's terrible. Right. I mean, again, I feel like we already talked so long about we wish that it could be more and obviously we wish the japanese society was a little more accepting a lot more accepting of that type of relationship the music's great though the music's awesome we talked about the music but we saw some of the additional songs from the bands and wow just so so good again it's all just awesome to that mid-2000s music you know we would have all been vibing to on our on our brick ipods uh, I, I started with the iPod Nano, so <laughs> my last iPod got stolen from me, so I'm sad about it. <laughs> oh, that sucks. At the Katy Perry concert. At the Katy Perry concert, they broke into my car and they stole my iPod. That's traumatic. I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's all right. It's the least traumatic thing happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get into the characters. Uh, Casey, throughout all this, did you end up with a favorite? Rocker Nana, obviously. She's just cool, and like even with the additional clips, you get to see her be a lot softer. Her, and I think that like kind of made me feel. Yeah, like, she's oh. a really good friend. She's yeah. she's she makes her because like cool characters are really exciting to see, but no one ever like. I okay. I myself, I should take ownership of that. I myself can't like ever get past like oh they're a cool novelty character if they're just really cool, but like they need to show me something like more to make them more accessible and kind of in those additional clips we watched it kind of got more of that so I was like yeah Rocker Nana you're cool with me for sure I mean Skylar uh, who's your favorite character I I love uh, Rocker Nana she is a close second for me but honestly my first character is Junko which is Prep Nana's best friend the one you see like in art school oh Junko her- Junko's yeah. Nice. yeah she's just such a like no nonsense and like calls her out but she also is a really good friend to nana yeah obviously we didn't get to talk about the anime like we ch- i kind of honestly almost chose not to talk about the anime as much as we did but i, fr- I yeah junko was really cool i really liked her in those episodes i saw what about you pj uh my favorite character is probably rocker nana you know i like how protective she is but also how cool she is i like that she knows what she wants and she's gonna get it 
type mm-hmm. of thing, you know, um, regardless of like how much it can hurt to do stuff like that sometimes. Because the easy thing for her would to be just go be uh, a groupie for Ren. Exactly. But I mean, that's something that I, I was going to touch on real quick was kind of to Casey's point about why he likes Rocker Anna is every character in this kind of obviously fits into a trope because that's just storytelling, but they're all still very real characters. Like no one feels like a stereotype, right? Everyone feels like... Like, yes, this is a cool character, but, like, it's more than that. Like, these are human. It's a human story. Right. You know? Yeah, multifaceted. Talking about Rocker Nana, remember the Cowboy Bebop um, episode where PJ said that anytime he watched Cowboy Bebop, he just, he has a craving for cigarettes? Uh, This is that for me, because Nana is always smoking, and she looks so hot doing it. (laughs) She does. Yeah, we see a scene where she, like, confronts uh, Prep Nana's boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, whatever. Spoilers. And, like, you just see, like, a slow motion of her taking a drag and, like, dropping the cigarette. I'm just like, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I wonder when my smoking anime craving's going to come up. (laughs) Comment below. Every weeb has an anime that makes them want to smoke. What's yours? <laughs> exactly. Pokemon. <laughs> Ash Ketchum smoking cigarettes with Professor Oak. No, it's just coughing. Uh, coughing. <laughs> coughing and wheezing. Oh, uh, that's what I'll be doing oh, after gosh. some cigarettes. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, so honestly, this is a real wild card. This one, I it could go either way. Audience, are you ready for this? Casey, do you think you would keep watching this anime? I am going to give it a no for me. The music's great. I like said Rocker Nana's fave. I just like I said, I think for me, I think I would just feel disappointed. Maybe it's maybe it's because I'm a queer person. Maybe that's what it is. Based on my my personal experience as a as a gay who identifies as a gay man. I think like I would watch if I was to watch this more, I'd be like, oh, like it's great. I just I'm like reminded that there's this like thing that's there that it's like this unspeakable element in the room of like oh no it's totally understandable you know what i mean right? like you know it's like it's good and you know it's good and you know that it is it's but it's almost like no matter how good it is you're always going to be like it's not what it even itself wants to be right 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 so like i mean i don't like i don't know correct me if i'm wrong but you're not saying like it's a bad anime by any means but like the entire time you would just be like it would make this, you too this, sad yeah it would make you too sad that it doesn't get to be what it should be right right exactly it's like and it's different because i'm like i mean obviously i'm i will like sailor moon a whole bunch and like they have like a storyline where they have characters that in like certain countries are cousins or in other countries they're like lovers or whatever but like i guess for me the difference is, well, is that, in like, japan they are uh they are lovers, lovers. it's you just know, america was willing where to that take made that them cousins there. incestuous cousins yeah. right yes <laughs> thank you for clarifying in a sense then this is gonna be a weird one the anime itself isn't necessarily a kawaii disappointment japanese views towards lesbianism are a kawaii disappointment yeah. society I guess is so. a kawaii disappointment society's a, like rigid views is a kawaii disappointment a lot of times it is a little weird when you're like i love all the things about the anime but it's still quite a disappointment but for this one it makes a lot of sense because you do love a lot of things about the anime and that's kind of what makes it something that is disappointing that you won't like as much Absolutely. I feel seen. I feel seen. Well, we know your thoughts. We know, obviously, it's a complicated situation. Your heart's torn in a lot of different directions. But uh, let's see if it could be brought back together by the power of music. It's time for America's favorite segment. Is there an AMV for that? AMV. Anime music videos. 
right, Casey, you know the rules. Give me a song and artist for Nana. Okay, so I'm thinking, of course, uh, like a stereotypical traditional like lesbian anthem, but it's got to be like some sort of rocker edge. Um, so I went with my instincts. I was going to go Melissa Etheridge, but I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm going to do all the things she said by uh, Tattoo. Tattoo. Oh, my God. I love it. Right? Like, that's a... That's like an early 2000s lesbian vibe that's like I was feeling. Of course there is, Casey. Hard lesbian vibes. And just like in Nana, not actually lesbians. (laughs) Oh my God, yeah. Fun fact, sad fact, they're not actually lesbians. And they were forced to do that even though they didn't want to. Crushing lots of lesbians around the world. Fun fact, sad fact. <laughs> well, that was a trend on TikTok where they were like, fun fact, actually not that fun, actually really sad fact. Mm-hmm. God, I didn't know that. You guys keep me young. Uh, But yeah, awesome, Casey. That's a solid three points. Yay. Thanks, lesbians. Not lesbians. Secret lesbians. Thanks, not secret lesbians. lesbians. Secret not lesbians. Maybe sometimes lesbians. <laughs> lesbians that has a lot to do with society, but not. Anyways, time for the super secret, not so secret bonus round. Is there an AMV to Nana to Evanescence? Bring me to life. What do you think? I'm going to say yes, because this is just emo enough. Oh, it's definitely emo enough for at least one to exist <laughs> and it does so that yay. Is four points of the book yay see you guys sometimes i feel like i get it sometimes not all the time honestly not ever but sometimes <laughs> you know evanescence and tattoo hold like a similar place in my brain just because i feel like i heard them at the same time in my life I could see that. I see when that. you started your emo secret lesbian phase? No, no. I ha- I learned about Tattoo when they performed on Mad TV. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And they were I like almost kissing the entire time they were performing. And I was like, what's this? Uh, <laughs> Those poor fake lesbians. It also holds the same place in my brain as Alien Ant Farm because Alien Ant Farm also performed on Mad TV. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do. I think I remember that episode. Yeah, it's like just really iconic Matt TV performances hold a very specific spot in my brain. Matt TV people versus SNL people like really are like a different breed. PJ, 100%. you do have a blend of both, though. I was a blend for sure. I've I've gotten more back. I used to be more of a Matt TV like back in the day, like early two thousand. So like, and then I transitioned to SNL, and now I have like a nostalgia for like those early Mad TV sketches. Like, I know it's the most depraved, wrong thing ever, but the Bobby Lee Memoirs of a Geisha parody sketch will live in my mind whether I like it or not for the rest of my life. Oh my god. You sent that to me like pretty recently, like within the last like three months. And you're like, isn't this the funniest thing you've it ever is seen? Terrible, and it, it, like, funny. It was, it made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, oh no. See, you know, but I think it's because I like saw it like back in the day and I was like, yeah. so I have like a nostalgia for it. So, like, now I could totally acknowledge it is the most horrible thing <laughs> I have ever seen. Do you know what's a, a shit problematic movie? The Last Samurai. With Tom Cruise. Never saw it, but I, I mean, if you, your description of The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise is enough <laughs> for me to believe it's a problem. <laughs> That's, that says it all. That says it all. And that does say it all, because that's all we have for you guys this week. <laughs> well said. 
<laughs> we hope you guys had a fun time. Maybe a very introspective time, though. This was a very serious episode where we talked about a lot of problems in society. Uh, and we do live in a society. But whether whether you're here for the in-depth analysis into the way that lesbians are handled and portrayed in Japanese and American society, or just for a trip down nostalgia lane on Mad TV uh, sketches, we hope you had a good time listening to Kawaii Disappointment this week. Until next time, we hope your wait for the next one isn't a Kawaii Disappointment. I've been PJ. I've been Skylar, and I'm waiting for Casey to say something more problematic. Na-na-na-na. Na 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 na. I've been waiting to sing the song for a while. Bye bye. I'm Casey. The <laughs> bye everyone. Bye bye. Bye.